Food labels contain a lot of useful information on them. It tells you where a product is from, what's in the product, nutritional information, and on and on and on. And if you have any dietary restrictions, you're probably well acquainted with these food labels. You have to be. Because you know what happens if you go against them. If you eat something you're not supposed to, it messes you up. Whether it interferes with medicine you're taking, causes your blood sugar to spike, or wreaks havoc in your digestive system. You know it's easier if you just stay away from those things. So you check the labels and avoid those certain things. These days it isn't enough just to check labels for yourself, but there seems to be more and more food sensitivities. So you're not only checking for yourself, but checking for your neighbor, checking for whoever you eat with, checking for whoever comes and eats with you. Whether it's having guests over, taking school, or taking a lunch to school or to work, you need to be sure it doesn't cause a reaction for whoever's around. It's important to check your labels. Just as it's important to see what kind of physical food we're eating, it's important to see what's in the spiritual food that you consume. This is a basic premise of John's message here in 1 John 4. At the time John is writing this message, there's a lot of dangerous food out there. Food that looked good, it sounded good, it even tasted good. But people were unaware of the dangerous side effects of taking it in, of the deadly poison that it actually was. Open your Bibles with me to 1 John chapter 4 as I read verses 1 through 6. 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 6, and I'll invite you to stand out of respect for God's word. 1 John 4, 1 through 6, reading in Jesus' name. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, of which you have heard of that, is, that it is coming, and now it is already in the world. You are from God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak as from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. He who knows God listens to us, and he who is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Father God, these are your words, and your word is true. We pray that you would sanctify us in your truth here this morning. Open our hearts to receive the message you have for us. Lord, help us to see you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. John begins this chapter with a much-needed warning. Test the spirits, he says. Beloved, do not believe every spirit. We have the benefit today of having all of God's word contained for us here in the Bible. It's closed, it's finished, no one's going to add anything else to it, though people may try. Yet at the time John is writing this, the canon of scripture wasn't closed yet. John is still writing 1 John. The apostles were teaching the message of Christ, and they were discipling others to teach that message too. And the message was spreading and spreading and spreading. Unfortunately, it wasn't the only message that was going around. There were others, others who claimed to have some sort of inspiration or another revelation. John identifies in this epistle that there were other teachers proclaiming a different message, teaching a different gospel, teaching about a different Jesus, pointing people to a different Savior. And he warns the audience not to believe 
every spirit. Later in the same verse, he tells them why. Because many false prophets have gone into the world. John encourages his audience here not to believe every spirit because the reality is not every spirit was good. Not every teacher was true. It's not so different for us today. In a survey done by Pew Research last year, they found that 27% of Americans identify themselves as spiritual people, but not religious. The researchers asked two separate questions throughout the survey. One question was, do you think of yourself as a religious person or not? And later on in the survey, the question came up, do you think of yourself as a spiritual person or not? There's a separation between the two. People say, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. This survey wasn't identifying Christian as spiritual or Christian as religious, just spirituality in general and religion in general. More than one in four people identify as spiritual, but not religious. Spiritual according to what spirit? We have to ask this question. Not all that is spiritual is from God. And that's a scary thought, especially when we think of how much our culture today is looking for spirituality to different things, whether we're looking for the spirits of our loved ones who've passed away, or we're looking for spiritual guidance in something other than God has revealed to us. Where are people going? What are people finding? And is it from God? It's a question we have to ask ourselves John tells his audience to test the spirits to see whether or not they are from God. So how does one go about testing these spirits? Verses 2 and 3 tells us the answer. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. The litmus test for testing whether or not a spirit is from God is simply by what that person teaches who they say Jesus is, who they believe Jesus to be. And theologians have tried to pinpoint just what false teaching was going on during the time of John, figuring if we can identify this, we can put it down once and for all. But it's not important to find out what false teaching was there, but to recognize false teaching was going around. The simple fact was people were proclaiming false statements about Jesus and pointing to a different Savior, and they needed to be warned. They needed to check the source of where their teaching was coming from and ask themselves, what do they say of Jesus? The spirit that comes from God confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. And any other teacher, any other prophet, any other claim is not from God, but instead, John says, antichrist. It rejects Christ. Paul says in his letter to the Galatians, if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you another gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. He's saying, don't let anybody sway you from the gospel that you have already heard. Even if another angel comes and gives you some message or some new spokesperson says, I have a message from God, don't believe them. Hold fast to God's word. Brothers and sisters, there's still plenty of teaching that doesn't come from God. And it's not just out in the world. It comes through the doors of the church as well. This charge to test the spirits is something that you and I need to do today. Not just me as a pastor, not just pastors around the area, but each individual believer is given this charge to test the spirits, to see where they come from. The spirit of Antichrist is still in the world today, rejecting Christ and leading people away from him. 
It isn't always obvious to spot. It often comes with a Christian label. But reading the fine print, you see it turns people not to Christ, but it turns them to something else, anything else, to a different Savior who is in fact not a Savior. Don't believe every spirit, but test the spirits. Check the labels. See where they come from and what's inside. Not everything that is spiritual is from God. There is another source. What does John say about these two sources here in this text? John's already shown us how to identify a spirit from God. Spirits from God are identified by their confession. He says again in verse 2, By this you know the Spirit of God, that every spirit that confesses that Jesus has come in the flesh is from God. First off, the question comes, what does he mean by spirit here? He's not talking about angels. He's not talking about demons or those things off in the spiritual world. Lenski brings out this meaning. He says spirit is the person as such, their inner spiritual characteristics. He's talking about teachers here and their spiritual teaching that they have. Test those spirits. Who are the ones from God? Who are the teachers from God? And John tells us the ones who confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This phrase is shorthand for the finished work of Jesus Christ. It's the ones who are pro-Christ, the ones who are always pointing back to Christ and what he has done in his finished work. The one that we confess to be both God and man, as we confessed just a little while ago. The one who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell, and the third day he rose again from the dead. We confess that every Sunday. And if we don't confess that creed, we confess the Nicene Creed. And if we don't confess the Nicene Creed, we confess the Athanasian Creed. The three Christian creeds that the church together has held on to for centuries, they each bring out the emphasis of Christ's humanity and Christ's deity, that he is both God and man. Why do we need three different creeds to tell us the same thing? Because that's the false teaching that keeps coming into the church over and over and over again. The humanity and the deity of Christ is always attacked by the world. This is a confession that the spirits from God confess. That Jesus the Messiah is both God and man, our Savior and our Redeemer. We need Christ to be both God and man. Christ coming in the flesh is necessary for our salvation. One theologian puts it this way. He says, to confess Jesus is to confess that by his atoning sacrifice of himself on the cross, by his blood, the Christ, the Son of God, has cleansed us from all of our sins. Again, pointing to that finished work that Jesus has done on the cross. If Christ is not God, we're still in our sin. If Christ is not man, we're still in our sin. But since Christ is both God and man, and his finished work stands for us today, and we are no longer in our sin. But forgiveness for us was accomplished on the cross. Since Christ is both God and man, his blood and his blood alone cleanses us from all sin. This is a confession. The spirits from God confess that Jesus is the Messiah, both God and man, our Savior and our Redeemer. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus asks Peter a question. He says to Peter, Peter, who do, who do people say that I am? And Peter answers the question. And Jesus asks Peter another question. He says, but who do you say that I am? And Peter answers again Jesus' question and says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. 
And Jesus tells Peter, blessed are you, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven has revealed this to you. The confession that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, and the Son of Man, the Son of the living God, doesn't come by man's revelation. It doesn't come by man's ideas. It doesn't come by looking inside of ourselves, but it comes from God through his word as he reveals it to us. It comes from the Father. John reminds his audience here where they are from. He says, you are from God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. He reminds his audience here that they are from God, that they have nothing to fear, because the one who is greater is the one who lives and dwells inside them. They don't need to fear the world or what the world tries to make them believe. The Spirit dwells in them, and not only the Spirit, but Christ dwells in believers as well. J. Vernon McGee points out that every child of God is indwelt by the Spirit of God, and praise God for that. And he explains what this means for each one of us. He says this, This is the reason that you don't need an angel to appear to you tonight to tell you what you need to know. Rather, you need to have the Holy Spirit teach you. And how does the Holy Spirit teach us? The Holy Spirit teaches us through his word. The Holy Spirit points people to Jesus Christ who was born of the Virgin Mary, suffered and died and rose again for our salvation. He points us to God's word, the truth once and for all delivered to the saints. In verse 6, John points out that those who are from God listen to us. As John uses that word, us, there, he's referring to the apostles. Those who are from God listen to the apostles' writings, listen to the apostles' teaching. Those who are with Jesus, those who are continuing to write God's word at this time, they listen to the apostles. They listen to the word of God. The people of God listen to the word of God. They satisfy their souls with Christ. In verse 3, John identifies the other source here, spirits from the world. Every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, of which you have heard that it is coming, and now it is already in the world. If the spirit isn't confessing Christ, the only other option we have out there is Antichrist, and that is against Christ or confessing something other than Christ. John isn't pointing ahead to some final, ultimate, wicked ruler here. He's pointing his readers to any spirit that would point them to someone other than Jesus Christ. And what does he say about it? The spirit is not only coming, but that spirit is here. At the time of John as he is writing this, that spirit is still here today as well. People are still pointing us to another savior, to another Christ, one that the scriptures don't point us to. The Spirit is coming and is already in the world, and the world eats it up. The world receives it. A spirit of antichrist, of deceiving people to look away from Christ and not to Christ, is a spirit from the world. In verse 5, John writes, They are from the world, and therefore they speak as from the world, and the world listens to them. The spirits speak as from the world. It's not hard to identify it. I'm sure you've heard some of these things before. What do they point to? And again, do they point to Christ? Are they pointing you to his word? Or do they point you to something else, anything else? One of the church fathers from England in the 7th century, he comments on this verse in words that apply just as well to us today, 1,400 years later. 
he says these things. Talking of the spirits from the world, he says, They talk like men of the world, using human reason to oppose the Christian faith, saying, for example, that the Son of God cannot be co-eternal with the Father, that a virgin cannot give birth, that flesh cannot rise again from the dust, immortal, and that man born of the earth cannot inherit a heavenly home, that a newborn baby cannot be tainted with the guilt of original sin. These claims that were being refuted here in the 7th century are he's still here today. And it's not just the world that we hear, and we hear him in the church as well when we hold up something else other than God's word. The world accepts them. The world promotes them. The world circulates them. And they point people away from Jesus. The spirits from the world are false teachers. They don't listen to the word of God. They don't point to Jesus, but rather deceptively they point to other things. Claiming that you can know Jesus by a mystical experience, or maybe by meditation, or looking inside yourself. You can know Jesus by the feelings that you feel, or you can know Jesus by pointing to the good that's inside of you, or pointing to the good that's inside of others. Pointing to a message from an angel, or some vision that they have, some extra-biblical revelation that they might have received, and we say, we can know Jesus through these things. Claiming to have some word of God for today that somehow supersedes and supersedes or overcomes God's inspired and errant eternal word of God because some say this is old and outdated. We don't need it anymore. The problem with all of these things is, again, it's pointing us to something other than Christ. It's distracting us. It's deceiving us. These spirits would have you look to anyone other than Christ. These spirits would have you look to yourself, to your goodness, to your works, your knowledge, your reason, your feelings, your experiences, what you believe to be true. Again, it's you, you, you. Flee from these teachers. In them there is no comfort. In these teachers there is no forgiveness of sins. In these teachers there is no salvation. Flee instead to Christ, to his word, and to his work, which stands completed for you. This is what's at stake for the audience that John is writing to. Are they running to Jesus or are they running to some other false prophet? John's message to his audience isn't just or is just as necessary for us today as it was back when he first wrote it. Don't believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether or not they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Ask yourself a few simple questions. Is this pointing me to Jesus and his word? Or is it pointing me to someplace else? The Spirit of God confesses Jesus Christ, true God, has come in the flesh as true man to accomplish for us our salvation. It always points to Jesus. The Spirit from God confesses that Jesus and Jesus alone is the way, the truth, and the life, that no one comes to the Father but through him. And the Spirit from God confesses Jesus Christ as a sacrifice delivered once and for all, for all time, for all sins. Where does your soul find its nourishment today? Does it find it in the unchanging truths of Scripture, in the God-man Jesus Christ, whose finished work alone has paid for our sins? Or is the food that you're eating wreaking havoc on your soul? Check your labels and make sure whatever it is that you're hearing, that you're eating, that you're learning, that you're consuming, that you're memorizing, make sure it's from God. 
Test the spirits. Check your labels. Know what you're reading is from God. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you and we praise you for giving to us your word, for having spoken in many years ago through the prophets and through the apostles and through your son. You speak to us through your word. We praise you for that. Thank you that you reveal yourself to us, that you come to us in your word. Father, help us to find nourishment for our souls in you and in you alone. Give us discernment, Father, to see the spirits that are pointing us to things outside of you that are distracting us, that are causing us to look for satisfaction anywhere else. Help us, Lord, to find our rest in you, to find our satisfaction in you. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are and what you've done for us, for saving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.